Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Hold on, Mary Jane! We are sex with One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. Now, was I rushing or was I dragging? If I were to go see a dead body. I know Kung Fu. Do it. Get away from her, you bitch! What's in the fucking box? Hold on to your butts. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. So Trent, what have you been eating recently? So Parth, hello, you're looking well. Thank you. I saw you just an hour ago, live in person, and now here we are, through the laptop. I know, it's pretty crazy. A friend off the show, Tamara, asked, why don't you guys just record together? And we said, it's for the quality of the audio. As much as Parth and I would like to hang out and podcast simultaneously, it's simply not possible. I think it's funny that we have probably like hung out so much more online than we ever have in person. Uh, oh, the amount of man hours that we spent digitally is certain certainly exceeds the amount of time. Uh, like maybe with the year of classes, if that's defined as hanging out, but like us in one of our apartments, like watch, watching like TV. Yeah, it's very little. We'd we'd recorded at least fifty episodes before mm-hmm. we came back in person, like because that was our director special, and that happened way before we came back to school. So I'm going to say something like sixty, sixty-five episodes we'd recorded. Right. And how many of them have been in person? Like three? Army of Darkness? No, uh, only only our Army of Darkness thing was fully in person. Oh, and, and then the intro our, with the Our with Dark Knight intro and mm-hmm. our um, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah intro. You're never right. a full but, episode. But there is other like than an Army e- of Darkness. I think we are particularly chipper when we are recording together, though. But we can't talk over each other, and that is something that we love to do. Oh, shit. I'm incorrect. Evil Dead. We, record, we recorded Evil Dead together in person, in my room. We took mm, my, my it's table all coming back in my... To me. You remember? In my living room. I, I remember Judas we and the Black Messiah. Our, our recording conditions were particularly poor. We were sprawled out on yeah. the floor of your basement. With no, like, proper tables or chairs. We were recording off of, like, a Lego box, I believe. Yes. Well, uh, speaking of what I've been eating, I uh, slurped up an applesauce at the screening we were just at while playing 8-Ball Pool with you. Um, no spoon Shh, required. Don't, don't, don't tell Rutgers Film we did that, though. That we played 8-Ball Pool during the screening. Um, George, friend off the show, also just kept texting me about how much he had to fart, but that the people That's surrounding awesome. us... He respected creatively too much to fart around them, and um, I. The movie was only an hour long, but still, you've got to applaud the guy for holding the fart for over an hour um, to save his future career. This, it would be he sabotage. Also to me, yeah, it would. Uh, he turned to me and said, "I've got a pace in that accent." Yeah, he he was having all and sorts of like bodily time bombs. He said that every time he goes on to the screening, or every time just before screening, he downs a smoothie, and that that's always a mistake. And I was like, don't make that mistake, buddy. I saw him sipping coffee, and I'm like, dude, if you're talking about a 
a, a, a intestinal issue. An, an intestinal yeah. issue. I just really think you're 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 pushing you're pushing yourself Asking off for a cliff. It. Yeah, really. But then I got home and I had an encore of a granola bar and some some orange juice. And sometimes when I drink orange juice in the morning, I'm like, I see why like red blooded Americans do this. Like this is a pretty mm. nice way to start the day. Yeah. What 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 um, about you? You just you just broke your number one rule. Well, I didn't break it, but I almost didn't do it. Um, usually, it's me getting Trent to eat something because he's not eaten anything in the day. Um, but it's as of recording one o two p.m. and uh, I had not eaten anything in the day and uh, we were about to record and i realized shit i haven't eaten anything it was a real role reversal but i grabbed a girl scout cookie a lemon up if you will oh wait so where do these girl scout cookies come from which flavors do you have with personal favorite Um, my when i i came back i went home uh well i guess it was spring break last week and uh i came back and my dad had bought a bunch of girl scout cookies and was like just take them all i'll buy some more just from like outside the grocery store, or does he like know know a girl, a Girl uh, Scout? Well, there's a girl on our street, and she is in Girl Scout. So I don't know if it was from her or if it was from like the grocery store, because that mm. either way is, uh, you know, possible. But to answer your question, I have Dosi Dos, Lemon Ups, mm. and uh, a third kind I can't remember right now. No Tagalongs, no Thin Mints, no Samoas, no Trefoils. I really, I really want Samoas. Samoas are yeah. my favorite. Um, Samoas as a kid, I was like, ooh, coconut. And then I hit a certain age and I was like, ooh, coconut, you know? Yeah. No, it's it's luxury, you know? I thin mints in the freezer. I know that's nothing new, but yeah, that's pretty innovative. Tagalongs it, it, in any, under any condition. It, isn't it crazy that Girl Scout cookies haven't been like licensed and are so, aren't sold at the grocery store all year round? Like what a luxury I, item. It's like upsetting that they aren't, you know? But like really... Do you think they don't do it because they would have to give you like a legit amount of cookies? Because because mm. you can only buy it f- two months out of the year. When you pay four fifty and you get twelve cookies, you just have to kind of shrug your shoulders. Yeah, and, that, and I guess it's also a scarcity thing that like you want them just that much more, you know. And if you buy enough cookies, you can like help little little Susan like earn enough points for a bike, a mountain bike. Wow. Well, if Susan needs a mountain bike, then. We'll have to buy some Samoas. Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about the pictures. Wait, that's not what I usually say. The The movies. movies. Yeah. Um, each week we talk about a film and hopefully have a crew member that worked on that film to talk with us about their experience working on the picture. There it is. Oh, there you go. Uh, last week, who did we have? Last week on our little show, we Mid-Judy had... Judy Farr. I, I, none, I was building to that. None other than oh, the okay. set dresser of Last Night in Soho. You, you thought I forgot her name. Judy Farr, yeah. the set dresser of Last Night in Soho. You just looked like you were like like scrolling on your laptop and I was like, I'll, I'll save Trent. But more importantly, she worked on a bunch of other cool movies also, no? Yeah, no. I mean, she worked on The King's Speech. She worked on other movies. Oh, oh well, uh, she had a whole story about uh, working on Eyes Wide Shut with Stanley Kubrick, um, which she did not tell on air because we didn't know that she'd worked on it until we were talking with her off air. But yep. listen to our episode last week to hear what it was. And go to our Instagram to see if you can decode the lost 
the the as of yet undecipherable Stanley Kubrick message. No one's been able to do it. Um, maybe it's yeah. because his cursive is like so unintelligible. Yeah, but he's a smart man despite the onset abuse, and so. But he one of what he's also is short, a five, wow. five four five four to five six according to our interview with Judy Farr. Yeah. She said that she's 5'4", and she was about the same height as him, despite what the internet says about him being 5'8". That's awesome. Cool. So, our, uh, this is a special episode in the way that it's a speed episode. Yeah. Only because we are on a time restraint where I have to go to work <laughs> in, thir- in 32 minutes, approximately, give or take five minutes. And for that reason, we'll be moving particularly fast. Yeah, we're going to try to speed through all of our information and get straight to the movie as quickly as we can. No shenanigans, Trent, you know? We have to take a brief detour to uh, discuss the Batman deleted scene that was recently deleted, and then we can move into the business. Uh, Trent, ask me a question. Riddle me this, riddle me that. I mean, let's got to start somewhere. What'd you think of the Joker design? Um, I think it's okay. I think it's a little too... reminiscent well it's not like i feel i've heard a lot of people say that it's very similar to heath ledger and i don't think it's that i think it's different enough to get away with it yeah i I agree and i also like matt reeves's thing that this isn't he didn't fall in a vat of acid and he didn't um he doesn't have scars he was born with like a physical disability in his face and that's why he has this nihilistic point of view and that's why he looks like that i'm cool with that like I think that's interesting. I just wish that he wasn't so grotesque looking. His teeth um, were very unsettling. He's British, you know? Um, a, br- a British joker. I don't know if my brain can take that. Has there ever been? I don't think there has been. I think they've all Jack been American. Jack Nicholson. Wait, he, no, Heath Ledger is Australian. Oh, true. That's still not British, you know? Wait, and Cesar Romero, I mean, not to judge his ethnicity based on his name, but that's not a very white guy name. He's white. Caesar Romero. Oh yeah, I'm looking at a picture. Um, is he? Yeah, nah, he's not Hispanic. No, I don't believe he is. Um, but I thought it was good. Uh, the scene. He's Cuban. Was... He's Cuban. Okay. Checkmate. Sorry, Parth. Had to. Oh, I had. Okay. I had, had. Had to do it. Well, to Cu- him. wait. Cubans can. There, like a lot of Cubans are white. What are you talking about? His mother was said to be the biological daughter of Cuban nationalist hero Jose Marti. His father was born in Barcelona, Spain, and immigrated to the United States in 1888. Where that he still was means in... you can be white. Like, that doesn't mean you can't be white. Yeah, I guess he's from but he, Spain, but he's not, so but he's, he's not like European. Like, but he's not. But, but we can agree that he's not American, I guess. I, I don't think we want to get too lost in the sauce here, but I just like to talk Anyways. about the Joker. Point being, uh, I thought the scene was shot very well, and I think mm-hmm. it was interesting. I think it was uh, the right decision to cut it. <laughs> it's violence. and so baroque. Oh, he makes little puzzles, doesn't he? So meticulous. I think you've been planning this his whole life. I know who he is. Who? Who is he? 
He's a nobody. Wants to be somebody. The mayor, the commissioner. Yeah. He's got ambition. You think his motive is political? Oh, no, no, no. This is very, very personal. He feels these people have all wronged him. Probably goes way back. Unhealed wounds, stolen one's money. Why is he writing to me? Maybe he's a fan of yours? <laughs> or maybe he's got a grudge against you, too. Maybe you're the main cause. Any theories? Not yet. Really? You're normally so ahead of the curve. <laughs> but something is different this time. This is very upsetting to you. Let's get back to him. Why? You are so much more fun. I'm not here to talk about me. What are you here to talk about? I want to know how he thinks. You know exactly how he thinks. Have you read this file? You two have so much in common. Yes, uh, Jackson, Clark, and I talked about how it basically just hits the same beat of like the Riddler and Batman being the same. And yeah. I thought that since we have, like, kind of a similar in structure interrogation scene with the Riddler later on, that it would have just felt like we were just interrogating like, an... the power of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, also, Call Me Crazy, could you understand, like, much of what the Joker was saying? I heard a lot of people complain. I could understand him, like, pretty easily. I don't know. I, I, a lot of people, though, were saying that they wanted subtitles because they could not understand what he was talking about. In my mind, it would be annoying how they opaqued him the whole time or, like, concealed or didn't put him in focus at all. But the shots were, like, so beautiful that I was willing to look past it. Like, the shot. Yeah, plus, where, you, like, get that the, one, you get that one close up. Yeah, but when the glass is in focus. Yeah, um, that's pretty awesome. And, oh, it's so crisp. But yeah. also, it's just, like, ecstasy in any capacity to see additional Batman content. Like, Agreed. like inje- inject it into my veins. But we're not wait, here for dude. Batman content. We're here wait, for last night in Soho content. In in my playwriting class, this kid with a um, Marvel Avengers Endgame background on his laptop said that Batman was, quote, bad and that Spider-Man No Way Home is the best movie ever in the same That's sentence. That's awesome. I just yep. had a conversation with Alex Lane who said that the movie, quote, blew, uh, and that he did not like it, that he thought that zoe kravitz was bad as catwoman and uh that he did not like the riddler alex lane i know we had you on for the spider-man episode and you're a friend of the show and everything but that's an ice cold freezing take my guy well wouldn't that be a hot take a cold take is one that it would be said a lot yeah a hot take is one that's like goes against the grain but i feel like a hot take also implies that it's like good or something but how Not do you have like a, a bad hot take? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people. I mean, like Jack- Jackson Clark famously has bad hot takes. Ouch. Um, hate to be Jackson Clark right now. Um, yeah, really about Al- Alex him. Lane, I thought you liked like moody Guillermo del Toro movies about people walking around in the rain. Isn't this just that? But like with Batman, also. Alex ba- Lane is also known for liking boring movies, which the Batman was not. So maybe that was what did it for him. And people do like to dislike fun, cool things sometimes, no? Yeah. 
But it's time to talk about a different fun, cool thing, Trent. Is it not? It is. It's last night. It's little Edgar Wright corner because Scott Pilgrim was also done very recently. Yeah. Yep. Trent, you wanna? Uh, do you wanna give a ten? Oh, ten word. Ten word synopsis. I'm stretching out. Trent, Trent's, yeah, Trent's doing a little. Like, I'm, sh- I'm doing a little stretching shimmy. out his body, a little wiggy wiggle. I, I'm out of practice. Wiggy. We've been we've been putting this responsibility on the guest or the interviewee for a while now. Yeah. Um, Thomas and Mackenzie. That's two. Becomes fashion designer in London? Question mark. And also zombies. That's ten. I can live oh, with wait, that. Oh, question, question, question mark doesn't count. That's just a punctuation, po- right? It is a punctuation mark. So, so are you saying right. I have a, you know, a bonus word? Okay, no, no, no. You, you, you fit just ten. I wanna also. I wish I had space to talk about like the ghost prostitutes or like the mirrors or the 1960s of it all, but this isn't review the movie in 20 words it's 10 baby yeah but Um, the actual synopsis is an aspiring fashion designer is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer but the glamour is not all it appears to be and the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something darker What's the so budget? The, What's the box office? So the budget is $43 million hairs, and the box office, according to what this says here on our Google Drive document, is $23 mil. Um, yeah. So that would be um, a loss of money. Yeah. So they had less money after they made the movie than before. It would seem that way, unfortunately. Um, I feel like this movie... I didn't hear that many people talking about it. It was like the people who like movies, some of them went to see it, but like I feel like it didn't yeah. trudge up that much internet discourse. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say whether it would have done well or better if it was not the pandemic. We, uh, well, it was released into theaters, no? It No, it was. It was. But uh, At what was stage a, in COVID was it? Well, it was. It, it, would, it had already been filmed. It was filmed in, well, I mean, we'll get into production history next, but it was filmed in 2019. But it was supposed to be released um, April 2020, but then obviously that didn't happen, and then it was supposed to come out. Uh, the release date got changed a bunch, and then it finally came out in like October or so um, mm-hmm. of 2021, um, but I think that kind of screwed it a bit. But I think that it people kind of aren't going to the movies for things that aren't like huge. Es- essential viewings. Yeah. Um, but I guess we should just get straight into the production history. I guess, I guess so. Uh, all right, I'm going to speed through this because we have not that much time. 23 minutes and counting to discuss an entire two-hour film. Go. So Edgar Wright first conceived of the idea for the film in 2007, pitching the plot as a, quote, dark valentine to London and the Soho neighborhood to producers Nira Park and Rachel Pryor prior to the start of filming for The World's End. 
Edgar Wright grew up in Somerset and listened to his parents' stories of coming of age in the 1960s, which contributed to his uh, uh, adoration of the era. His mother's memories of the swinging 60s London, however, were not always fond ones. She once said, quote, I went to Soho once with my friend and we got harassed by a man and chased out. And that's the end of the story. Wright's obsession with 1960s London helped shape the themes of Last Night in Soho, saying, quote, something that I find truly nightmarish and I guess there's an element where I'm sort of giving a sharp rebuke to myself, is the danger of being overly nostalgic about previous decades. In a way, the film is about romanticizing the past and why dot 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 it's wrong to do that. Filmmaker Sam Mendes first introduced Edgar to screenwriter Christy Wilson-Cairns. Wilson-Cairns told Wright in passing that she had worked as a bartender at the Toucan in in Soho for five years. Wright then pitched her the story of Last Night in Soho on the night of the Brexit vote in 2016. He felt pressure to begin working on a sequel to Baby Driver as soon as its press store had ended, but decided to instead go in a, quote, radically different direction for his next film. He then asked Wilson Cairns if she wanted to co-write the screenplay for Last Night in Soho. They wrote the first draft of the... They wrote the first draft of the script in six weeks before she had to leave to start working on 1917 with Sam Mendes. Wright originally wanted the 1960 scenes to have no dialogue or only be accompanied by music, saying that they should be like dreams. Wilson Cairns, however, suggested that the character Sandy had to have dialogue, saying, quote, We have to fall in love with Sandy, and I think it's difficult to fall in love with her if she doesn't say anything. She also proposed a scene where Sandy auditions at a Soho nightclub called the Rialto. As soon as she suggested it, Wright knew that Sandy should sing Petula Clark's, quote, downtown. Last Night in Soho was originally titled Red Light Area, and then The Night Has a Thousand Eyes. Last Night in Soho, the title, originates from a 1968 hit single by the English pop band Dave D. Dozy, Beaky, Mick, and Titch, and a conversation Wright had had with a film with filmmaker quote, and a conversation Wright had had with Quentin Tarantino, who said that Allison. And a conversation this. Wright had had with filmmaker Quentin Tarantino, who was told by Alison Anders that Last Night in Soho was the best title music for a film that's never been made. Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright initially had Anya Taylor-Joy in mind for the role of Eloise, but later came around to the idea of her playing Sandy after she agreed reading a draft of the script. Taylor-Joy's casting was announced in February 2019. Thomas and McKenzie and Matt Smith were cast shortly thereafter. Diana Rigg, Terrence Stamp, Rita Tushingham, Michael Ajao, and Sivan Carlson, I apologize if that's not how it's pronounced, rounded out the rest of the cast in June 2019. Filming began May 23rd, 2019. It was completed on August 30th. It was originally scheduled to be released the September 25th of 2020, but was delayed to April 20. 2021 due to COVID-19. It was then again delayed to October 22, October 22nd, and then again to the following weekend. It then premiered at the 2021 Venice International Film Festival on September 4th, 2021. Trent, so some, so some fun facts are the scene where Eloise first sees Sandy through the mirror is done practically. To achieve the mirror effect, the cloakroom attendant is played by twins James Phelps and Oliver Phelps, who played Fred and George Weasley in the Harry Potter series. Um, All of these shots of London during the end credits were completed during the COVID-19 global pandemic. The empty streets are as they were as England at the time was in national lockdown. Thomas and Mackenzie dropped out of Top Gun Maverick to star in this movie. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. What role do you think she would have played in that? I believe in Top Gun Maverick, there is a bartender played by Jennifer Connelly, and she was going to play her daughter. 
Whoa. The 1960s scenes were shot with anamorphic lenses, and spherical lenses were used for the modern scenes. This is the first Edgar Wright film to have a female protagonist. Way to go. Well done. Jocasta is the name Edgar Wright would have received if he had been born a girl. Hurricane Jocasta. Both Thomas and Mackenzie and Anya Taylor-Joy have worked with director M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, because I guess Split and Old now. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, the my one main question from the production history is, are you glad we got this instead of Baby Driver two point Yes, for multiple I would reasons. Rather, <laughs> well, like a, there's the question of the fact that the main character is played by a rapist, and that that kind of puts a damper on things. It's it's always not ideal if that's the case. And the other is that I would rather have a new original film than a sequel to a film that did not need a sequel. I, uh, all things aside, Baby Driver, good movie. But does it need a yeah. second one? No, not not even at all. It really does. It tells a complete story, and anything more is needless. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's one star review time. I guess so. You want to start us off? Sure. This one's by Matthew J. Wendell, and his description is: "It's just like Fifty Shades of Grey." And it says synopsis: Girl fantasizes about becoming a prostitute, becomes a prostitute, but. This time, there's zombies involved, and the best plot twist in the movie is how it cuts to the ending credits. Like, this just doesn't make sense. Like, that's just not what the movie's about. Well, because she doesn't want to be a prostitute. It, like, is a, it's like a bad force that, like, captures her. Yeah. Uh, this one's by Russell Nagy. Nice name. It says, this movie makes no sense. What a waste of time and money I should have went to Del Taco. You ever been about Del Taco Parth? I know you've seen Last Night Soho, but have you been to Del Taco? I haven't, it's... but you want to know who I assume have been to Del Taco? The Russell... four people who found this helpy, helpful. <laughs> I would imagine. And um, Russell Nagy, so five. I wonder if Marjorie A. Godsey found it helpful when she said, mm-hmm. I hadn't realized I bought this. Somehow I bought this and I didn't realize. Saw it in my statement, couldn't figure out how to negotiate my way around. Getting someone help didn't happen very disappointed marjorie kind of sounds like story no she sounds like a hopeless old woman whenever Uh, people do the same like first sentence for the subject line and then they just rephrase it in the body i just feel sad yeah me too you're not making full use of the format you know no 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 i couldn't agree more well parth much like the batman last week uh i've watched last night so 1.5 times and I think nice. it's the time where we talk about it. Baby, you don't know what you're saying. What brings you down then? I'm studying London College of Fashion. The room is on the top floor. It's perfect. I love it. If I could live any place in any time, I'd live here in London in the 60s. I agree. What's working? What's not working, Trent? Which 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 one do you want to start out with? Let's start out with what's working. Sure. I think what's working is that Edgar Wright is a great director, and really whatever he does, I'm on board for. Um, I was watching this movie last night with Jordan Sickfoos, and she we were <laughs> stop it, and we were about 20 minutes in, and she was like, "This movie is not at all what I expected," given that Edgar Wright is the director. And I said, elaborate. She, th- she said, I thought it was going to be a lot more like A24, 
but it's more like lifetimey. But she's like, it's like a really good lifetime movie. Um, and I mean, I within the first half, that no, we, we we only watched the first half. So within within the first half, all the setup and walking around and do- dialogue and talking at tables, it's like a really good lifetime movie. But then the I second guess, half, I guess that's fair. Uh, this would have to be an extremely good lifetime movie because with really impressive technical achievement i i would say the most the the thing that's working the best here is just the visual and audio wizardry technical wizardry happening behind the camera like the mirror stuff is pretty impressive the camera movement is pretty pretty dope i love the 60s scenes i the last scene i watched was anya teller joy montage dancing in a bunch of different outfits to a funky song and like swindling these men buying her drinks and i was like this is fun I got this kind of gift. I can see people, places, things others can't. This is the closest most people ever get to their dreams. They're not just dreams. I don't want to do this. You think you can just walk away? It really happened. What did you see? As always, Edgar Wright is like a precise director. He's like a perfectionist. Everything about the way this looks, I think, is great. Everything about the way this sounds is great. I think all the performances are really good. Um, and I, I really like... The kind, uh, we've talked about Eye of the Duck and they talked about uh, Last Night in Soho and they said that it was essentially what if nostalgia tried to kill you and mm-hmm. I think that's kind of an awesome premise kind of uh, and I, I really like the story of this movie it feels very original to me and um, yeah that, that's probably my favorite stuff in the movie I guess I hadn't thought of it that way, but really it's like, yeah, it's the romantic image of like a pastime in your mind and then you get it and you're like, oh shit, like there were different problems back then compared to our yeah. new problems now. Yeah. And, and it, it's I appreciate like, that. It's like, have all men ever been bad or is it just old men or is it new men too? It just, yeah. it's just most of them, it seems. And I, I appreciate that now, especially with like how many like things we have that are calling back to older things uh to have a movie that's a original and b kind of lambasting calling out to the past and like wanting to live in the past and a movie that's essentially saying you have to move forward uh which i like that and i think that edgar wright handles all the like uh, i mean we're two ostensibly straight uh cis men yeah, but ostensibly. I think he handles. I think he he uh, handles all of the uh, gender politics pretty well. Um, I think he kind of shows. Again, I'm a man saying this, but like he does show like what it's like being a woman in London, what what that could be like, and how that can be outside of this kind of supernatural horror elements that can be kind of horrifying in its own right, and I like that. Like, the color palette's really nice. Yeah, definitely. Also, I love, love, love when they first go to the 60s 
and uh, it's like the booming music, and then she turns, and it's like the Sean Connery Thunderball movie theater. Like that's yeah, pretty stunning. So my arms reach out to you for love with your hand resting in mine. I feel a I think all of the like stuff in the sixties just looks like phenomenal. I mean, the whole movie looks really good. Um, and it's not shot by Bill Pope, which that's been uh, his guy's like go to for a while. It's by, I believe Chung Hoon Chun, something like that. Um, and I don't know what else he's done, but this is some pretty good work. Yeah. Um, this oh, the movie... handmaiden. He shot the handmaiden. Upon rewatch, I wasn't expecting to be as engaged as I was. And even though I know the direction that the story's headed at this point, um, I was still very, you know, I wanted to ignore it. But I was like, oh, I was like, these shots are very kinetic. Um, It's hard to fall asleep with the amount of energy pulsing through my small laptop right now. I'll say this. I'm I'm majority positive on this movie, but I kind of have more to say about what I didn't like. I was just going to say, um, let's talk about some bad, and then we can circle back with a rosy sum up if need be. Um, I think that the movie, A, there's the the friend character, which Trent and I have both talked about as being well, kind of a completely useless and unrealistic sidekick that's not really helpful. We were just like, what a weird character with, like, a weird percentage of screen time, but they're also, like, the fourth lead if you look at the poster, and you're just like, but you're also, like, barely in the movie, and you're just, like, here as an accessory to be, like, another male, you're here to be, like, the nice one male friend guy. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is all spoilery. I guess we're we're deep into spoiler territory right now, but, like, at the end of the movie... Oh, you want to talk about you want to talk about the end of the movie? Yeah, let's talk about the end of the movie. I think this movie wraps up really fucking quickly. It was, it was like they were running out of budget, and they were just like, "We have to get this done now." Um, and I, it, I mean, this this movie is uh, an hour and fifty seven minutes long, and to to me, it's like they're like, "Oh, we got to get another two hours." Yeah, yeah, and 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 because of that, it all kind of wraps up in this really like way too nicely in a bow. Uh, where the end sequence of her having her own like fashion show and her friend, well, boyfriend, whatever you want to call him, who's also a fashion designer and should be showing in the show is just in the audience clapping along. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like when I watched it for the first time, I was like, this is tying up the loose ends so quickly that it seems like it's making fun of itself. Yeah. Because it, like the literally... end almost seems like a parody. 
Because she's literally like finger gunning like the enemy and then like her grandma's there and she's like, Grandma! Mama told me, hey, not to sell work. Mama, mama told me, mama, not to sell work. Mama told you. And then her and then now now she has the, the boyfriend suddenly it's like all the all the characters who are bad are in pain, all the characters who are nice are, are pumped about the fashion show. Yeah. Should we talk about the twist that happens? The tw- the twist you say? I guess before I guess there's we, two. Before yeah, all right, before we get into the twists plural, um, one who jumped at me out at me this time, mm. the grandma character, like um, her I guess legal guardian, like she's the most like weird sweet old woman ever. Like just gives me yeah. the weirdest vibes. Like maybe she's a bad <laughs> actor, but I don't, I don't know. I was like, you're like, Tr- like Trenzi's kind- a nice. How is everything? You never tell me anything anymore. Everything's great, Gran. Goodbye, beautiful. I'll see you tomorrow. Who was that? Uh, no one. No. <laughs> We're at the pub. A whole bunch of us having fun. We? Yeah, Hurricane Jocasta. Everyone, really. The whole class. Something's wrong. No. <laughs> Ellie, I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> Gran, I really am at the pub. I'm working here. Working there? Why? I moved out of the house. Oh, no. What? Needed to get a place on my own. Did, did something happen? Did you see her again? No. No, Mum's not here with me. Then what is it? What's wrong? Please tell me that I should go back in. I know you think you have something to prove, but... It's okay to ask for help. She didn't. And I have to go. I love you. Love you too. No, something's up there. I like. Am I crazy? Uh, do you hear what I'm like, saying? I didn't. I didn't mind her, but I do kind of know what you're saying. She does okay, give, okay. like, strange... <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie The Visit? Um, no. The M. Night Shyamalan? Uh, it doesn't matter. It's just, like, weird, like, grandparents where, like... Or sometimes you know how you, like, you meet an old person and they're very nice to you, but you're just, like... Something's off. What was that? What was that? <laughs> yeah. What's what's going on here? What What's in your closet? What are you, what are you hiding? You know? Parth, have you seen X yet? There are a lot of... That's, that's Trent, a... I'm, watching, I'm watching X tonight at 7.30. You're in for a treat. Um, oh, you saw it? You liked it? I did. Sorry, are you cinema? Uh, did you have you seen the trailer? Or no, I, I'm going in blind. Okay, then I'll then I'll say nothing. Uh, okay, but enough. but you know, I gave it four stars. Farmer's daughter, take one. I need to be famous, Wayne. All the best people are. There ain't nobody else out there like you. You know why? Why? Cause you got that X factor. More importantly, um, the twists. Talk, speak on them. So I guess the first twist is that 
Terrence Stamp plays an old man who we think is the older version of Matt Smith. Okay. Um, Matt in, Smith. In the 60s. In, in, interesting actor name. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm Matt Smith, is uh, That's what he talks like, by the way. Uh, sorry, Adam Volerich, for making fun of the British accent. It's just too funny. Um, but um, they are kind of setting up that he's going to be the older version, and then the twist is that he's not. He was the cop assigned to uh, look into Sandy, uh, but he was just also a creep and a womanizer himself, which like I don't mind it. It's kind of a nothing reveal, but like I don't mind it. But the bigger twist is at the end is that Sandy was not killed. She had been killing all of these men, and that the the, uh, landlord of uh Anya Taylor of uh Thomas and Mackenzie's character was Sandy. the living yep yeah, m- m- murderer prostitute which i'm cool with what i think mm-hmm. is weird is that she tries to kill her is she tries to kill Thomas and Mackenzie well, kind of out of nowhere she tries to kill her cuz she's like well now that you know this i can't let you go out into the world cuz then you'll tell people and then i'll get arrested but yeah, it just I seemed like to- very abrupt. <laughs> I feel like they should just be like girl power, and then Thompson and Mackenzie should be like, "I'm not gonna say anything. Let me go. I'm gonna move back home now, and let's both live quiet lives. And this house doesn't have to burn yeah. down." And but then I, it does. I, 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 I've seen a lot of people talk about how this is like, like so terrible that Sandy ended up like that. But I think it's fine to show that like she was so distraught and troubled by the sexism and misogyny and just like workplace harassment that she had that it kind of drove her insane and that she murdered a bunch of people that uh you know deserve to be murdered and well well were they did they deserve to be murdered because they were creepy or were they doing i mean i didn't rewatch the second half of the movie were they trying to rape her because if so i mean like a combination of all i believe okay yeah i think what people don't like is that like the old the men are like zombies clearly yeah. and you're like, okay it's okay that these guys are creepy ghosts they're like ghost zombies yeah but then you find out that they got murdered and then it's kind of like huh i think the pe- thing that some <laughs> people have an issue with is that they go help me help. No. but, well, but I, I, have I mean a problem I... with that because she doesn't like thomas mckenzie doesn't feel sympathy for them like she doesn't help them and also the old woman clearly isn't meant to be shown as a good person and she ends up burning alive so it shows that the life of crime doesn't pay and also that like these men like to some extent got their comeuppance like they deserved what happened to them a little bit you know yeah or a lot of it I think if you sleep with a prostitute, you don't, or with a sex worker, you don't deserve to have like no, your no. But if you if you try to assault one or yeah, no, assert yeah, yeah, yeah. your power in an abusive way in the workplace or outside of the workplace, then then watch your fucking back, because Sandy, yeah, yeah. Sandy, the Sandy's old gonna woman, get you. She's gonna burn your house down. I think the problem that I have is that it just happens so quickly. I mean, the ra- the, the it's like a race to the finish line. I, I think like so that so- turn. Could have been more effective if it was, like, played with a slower scene. But it happens so quickly. I, I think, like, the first hour is just, like, set up in information. But in... And maybe not In the an interesting hour. way. No, I'm I'm scrubbing through. I mean, they cut to the chase pretty fast. So I can only say the first 30 minutes is set up. And then... And then the middle hour is kind of hard to define. 
And then the end, I think, was a little... But I think there were some scenes in the middle that could have been cut and dedicated towards putting more time into the end. Yeah. Oh, you know what I just remembered? What? Is is that uh, Thomas and Mackenzie's character. What's her name? Jocasta? Is that her name? No, that's the roommate. It's Eloise or Ellie. Oh, okay, okay. Um, she, like, straight up almost murders her classmate, who's, like, kind of a bitch. And the whole movie yeah. were like, yeah, she's a bitch, but she almost murders her. And then the classmate is like, what the fuck? You almost murdered me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like, you're, you're a bitch, but, like, you were almost murdered by her. And I, I just thought that was a weird moment in the movie. Are you saying that we had to feel bad for... Well, I mean, that we had to feel bad for the bitch character because she almost got murdered? I I feel like the movie wants you to think that she's more of a bitch. And, like, she, she does suck. But at the no, same time, yeah, she, sucks. she almost had a scissor shoved into her eyeball. And, yeah. like... I have but some sympathy there, for you there. I feel like there's... Is there any fallout from that? Like, do the cops come after her? No. At the, that, that's that's the weird part. <laughs> it's just it's just fashion show. Yeah. Well, no. At, at the end, there's like a whole... You know? Uh, and that maybe that's enough. For the fans at home, Parth just finger gunned me. Yeah, two of them. I, I, really, as, I did a bull bully McGuire. As know? Thomas and Mackenzie did when she saw the mean girl at the fashion show. Yeah. Par- Parth, you know when you go to the mall and then you come home and your mom wants you to try in the clothes and she says, fashion show, fashion oh show. That was like the end I... of the mis- this movie. And you know what I hate? I hate the fashion show. I hate doing that for my mom. And I didn't really like it here. I don't, I don't mind the idea behind it. I just think that the execution gets a little sloppy at the end. Um, just because we're running out of time, um, I think I'm going to revisit this edgar wright movie less than i revisit other edgar wright movies i agree i i kind of want to see him do something more in the vein of the cornetto trilogy or a comic book type thing where his visual language can you know be put to use like scott pilgrim or something but him telling like original stories is always pretty awesome yeah it's like Going to the movie theater and just seeing, like, two hours of, like, genuinely surprising things that, like, you didn't know were yeah. going to happen and that aren't based on anything. It just And this is, like, just... a $43 million movie that looks better than most $200 million movies that have been coming out. And yet, we, still, lo- um, yet we still lost money. Yeah. Well, but should, we, I think we, should we get we, into the ratings gauntlet? I think this ratings gauntlet has to unfold in the next three minutes if I'm making nice. it to work on time. Guys, we got to do it. Uh, okay. Trent, you go. All right, explosion sound effect. Um, I'll give it. Was I'm gonna it give rewatchable. It... Is it recommendable? Re- uh, 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 rewatchable in the way that I rewatched it last night, and I was like, yeah, I'm pretty down with this. Like, I, I, we did the interview long enough ago where the the details felt fresh. Um, recommend, like a yes and. I'd be like, sure, watch that. Maybe you'll like it. But, like, it wouldn't be, like, you have to watch Last Night in Soho. Yeah. Um, don't think it's on my movie of the year list or anything crazy like that. I'm going to give it, like, a 6.5. I liked it. Mm. I'm not not in love. Uh, I think I liked it a little bit more than you. I, I would definitely recommend this just because it's, I think it's an interesting concept and it's a fun watch. It's not too long. Um, and I think it's rewatchable. 
and I'd give it somewhere like a seven to seven point five. I think I, I I applaud its originality. I think it's really cool. If the ending had been done up a little bit more, I think it would really have excelled. But as it is, I think it's a really technically well made, um, pretty fun movie, but not living up to the heights of what Edgar Wright can accomplish. I just feel like the way like it divides with so many side characters that it's sort of like like it lesses the impact of any side character. Yeah. But I mean not to end too negatively. We like the movie. No, that was just a note that came to mind because we always stop recording and then I'm like, ugh, I, I don't like having something lodged in my brain that I didn't say because if we're going to have this yeah. podcast, we might as well say the things we think. Yeah. But yeah, 6.5, 7.5 for an uh, average of seven, which is an nice. above average movie. Okay. All right. Uh, quick, quick outro. What comes next? What's coming next is we have two things that we might have come out next. So I'm going to actually not say what it is but let's just say it could either be an oscar winning related thing or Mm -hmm. it can be a definitely not oscar winning related thing um wait i'm not even sure what i know what the definitely not oscar related thing is i'm wondering what the oh yes um but um go follow us on instagram and twitter make sure to give us a good review on apple Podcasts and spotify uh is that it Yep. Um, Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Bye, Trent. Have a nice day. Make it to work.